Welcome to the Landmark Apostolic Church's podcast. There's something about a child of God. There's something about a relationship with God. This old world may beat you down. This old moral may put you in places that are dark. It may try to imprison you. There's a lot of things that can happen to a child of God while we're still on this earth. But there's one thing that they can't take and they'll never be able to take. And that is the song that God has put down, down inside of my heart. They can't stop me from singing. I've got a story that birthed my song. We've taken the cross. We've cleaned it up. We've sanitized it. We've made it look something completely different than what the reality of it was. It wasn't polished and stained. It wasn't sanded down. But it was an old rugged cross. They They didn't smooth it out so that it wouldn't scratch your skin no they wanted it rugged they wanted it cruel they wanted it bloody it was going to be one of the things but we've taken it we've taken it we've sanitized it we've cleaned it up uh that old rugged tree and i believe that we've run sometimes we run the risk of forgetting what it took for you and i to be able to stand here in this church service today free to lift our hands and worship free to sing the songs that we sing free to run the aisles if we feel like it you can't just do that anywhere honey but you've come to the land of the free and the home of the brave where everything that we have was bought by blood that was sacrificed may be seated today. I, I'm going to get into the message. I, I just want to basically tag on to this video today. <clears throat> There's another great story that we often preach on. This is the story of the our nation's anthem, the stories of the lives that were lost, the story of victory. We stand on this side of the victory. We stand on this side of uh, of the uh, revolution. We stand on this side of, of becoming a nation. And, and so we don't get to, we don't feel the pain that they felt in those particular days. But that's on a natural sense, in a natural sense, in a natural realm uh, as a nation of this world. But there is also a spiritual story, a great story that we often preach about. It's found in the book of Acts. And it's a place where a man by the name of Paul and his friend, his minister friend by the name of Silence, Silas were in a city and they had just finished up casting a demon out of this young lady who was a fortune teller. And uh, she had followed them around town and she had some masters that uh, received great monetary gain off of her spiritual sensitivity to the underworld. Uh, she could tell people their fortunes, and they would charge for that. And uh, she followed Paul and Silas around until Paul turned around, and he rebuked the spirit that was in her. And that evil spirit left her, and she was set free. Well, I'm sure that made her pleased, but it didn't please her masters. And so they found themselves in a little bit of hot water here with the magistrates, with the rulers, And uh, that's where I want to begin reading in Acts chapter 16, verse 19. It begins to relate to us the story of what took place. And it says, when her masters saw that the hope of their gain was gone, they caught Paul and Silas and drew them into the marketplace unto the rulers and brought them to the magistrates, saying, 
these men being Jews do exceedingly trouble our city. They just sent a demon packing. And yet somehow, someway, the twisted up logic of the leaders of the city was that Paul and Silas were in the wrong. They had just gotten rid of an evil spirit. Sometimes people can get messed up and twisted in their way of thinking. They go on to say they're teaching customs which are not lawful for us to receive, neither to observe being Romans. And the multitude rose up together against them, and the magistrates rent off their clothes and commanded to beat them. And when they had laid many stripes upon them, they cast them into prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely, who, having received such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison and made their feet fast in the stocks. This jailer meant business. He took his job seriously. He had already seen what they had done to these two men, and he didn't want them to follow suit on him should he not do his job, due diligence. And so he takes Paul and Silas, and he puts them back into a stronghold in the back of the prison cell. And not only that, he locks their feet up in stocks. He chains them so that there is no chance that they might escape. He didn't want to wake up the next morning and find that these two men were gone. He knew what it would mean for him should they escape. He knew that it would cost him his very life should these two men be set free on accident. And Paul and Silas find themselves, after doing something godly, after doing something great, after casting a demonic spirit out of a young lady who is now set free, they find themselves in a prison cell. Oftentimes, you listen to me, oftentimes there will be times when you do the right thing, but you won't get patted on the back unless there's somebody with a knife in their hand patting you on the back with it. People you would think would be your friends or think would be grateful and thankful for what you've just done through the spirit of the Almighty working through you might turn their back on you. Let me tell you something. When that happens, don't give up hope. You remain true to your calling. You may remain true to your relationship with Jesus Christ and that's what these men did you don't find them in the prison cell shaking their fist at God they're not whining whining they're not blaming God but the Bible says at midnight that Paul and Silas you found them not asleep but you found them praying and you found them singing songs they were singing praises unto God and it wasn't no quiet little just you and me type service because the Bible lets us know that the other prisoners that were in the prison cells heard them praying and they heard them singing. Let me tell you something. These two men, they had a song to sing. Paul was singing God uh, about God not out of his blessings but of, out of his burdens. Paul was singing a song that meant something to him because he understood and he knew that the God that he served was an on time God and God would not fail them even though things looked bad for them. It's midnight. I don't know what you're doing at midnight, but I'm sleeping. Matter of fact, I hope to be asleep long before midnight if I can because morning comes early. These two men, they, they, they hadn't been given their, their prison rations and and put in a cell with a cot. 
They were in a very uncomfortable position. And the Bible lets us to know that they had just been beaten, the stripes that were laid upon their back. Now, now I got my whoopings in my day. I'll just be honest with you. When Mama said, wait till your daddy gets home, I knew I was in trouble. But my dad never took a rod to my back. I never got beat. A whooping and a beating are two different things. And some of you might know the difference between it. I had my share of whippings, but my dad never left any marks on me. My dad never never beat me. I deserved every single whipping that I ever got, and I probably should have got a whole lot more. But I can remember after dad would, would finish paddling me, I didn't want to sit down for a little while. I'd want to stand up. Why don't you sit down and have a seat? That's okay, Daddy. I think I'll stand for just a little while. Let things cool off back here and calm down. You know, and, but these two men, they had had the rods laid to their back. They had been beaten. But just because their circumstances weren't all that great, you couldn't steal the song from coming out of their heart. There's something about a child of God. There's something about a relationship with God. This old world may beat you down. This old moral may put you in places that are dark. It may try to imprison you. There's a lot of things that can happen to a child of God while we're still on this earth. But there's one thing that they can't take and they'll never be able to take and that is the song that God has put down inside of my heart they can't stop me from singing I've got a story that birthed my song the Bible says suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's bands were loosed. What an incredible encounter that Paul uh, had on that particular night. He's sitting there. He just watched a demon come out of a young lady as she's been delivered from this dark spirit. He's wound up in a prison cell. He's been beaten. He's been put in shackles and stuck away in the back of the prison. But you get a child of God to start singing and all of a sudden suddenly something begins to happen it may not happen on the verse one it may not happen on verse two but you just keep on singing honey and I promise you there will come a suddenly in your life where things will begin to fall off of you and don't be surprised when they fall off of you if they don't fall off of everybody around you we have many that we deem as our nation's patriotic heroes Men and women that sacrificed and stood their ground when it seemed as if all would be lost. People that we've never met, and yet I feel that I owe them a debt of gratitude that I'll never be able to repay. Not that repayment probably ever even crossed their mind. I don't think that those that laid down on that battlefield as they were holding up that flag and knowing that it would probably cost them their life. And that flag was bent over at a peculiar angle 
as it was being lifted up and held into place by the lifeless bodies that had sacrificed themselves. I don't think the repayment ever crossed our mind. I'll tell you what I believe probably crossed our mind was that I hope that the next generation will value this flag as much as we value this flag. I hope that the generation to come won't forget what we bled and what we died and what we sacrificed for. I hope they don't forget. I hope they protect what we sacrificed our own lives for. That's what I believe that their idea of repayment was. That we simply protect what they sacrificed for. My greatest fear is not an outside force, force trying to destroy what we have. That's not my greatest fear. It's not that I don't have some misgivings about the power of other nations. Not that I don't feel like they couldn't do us damage. But I really don't feel a uh, fear and all-out war with another nation ever destroying. As a matter of fact, sometimes uh, when you have a, an enemy, it causes a nation to come together. Amen. I've seen this church before. Uh, when nothing much is going on, we don't have much battle. That that's what seems like the time when everybody gets a little bit restless. But you let something come in and shake us to our foundation, and you'll watch this church family come together. Amen. It'll unify us. There's something about a battle or a war that will cause a people that have a like a mindset to come together. 911 didn't destroy us. Amen. It brought us together. It gave us a common unification of thoughts about what we needed to do in order to protect our nation. It brought us together. You didn't see blacks and whites and yellows and reds all going their own direction. You didn't see Democrats and Republicans uh, screaming in each other. What you saw was everybody coming together. I don't fear another nation. What I do fear is that we get ourselves into a place where we are so blessed that we become uh, an apathetic nation and we let our morality crumble and we let our values dissipate and we let all these things go away and we don't understand and realize and respect the sacrifice that was paid for us to have what we have today. I still choose to reverence the values that we were founded upon. We need a revival of prayer for our nation. I fear that we have sterilized things that were ugly to make them presentable. Nobody wants to be offended anymore, right? Heavens to Betsy, you've hurt my feelings. I might just crumble up in a corner somewhere and not be able to survive. Say something that makes me feel bad. Sometimes the truth hurts. But the Bible says it's the truth that will set you free. Yes. Probably make you mad before it sets you free, but it'll set you free nonetheless. We've taken the cross and we've cleaned it up and we've sanitized it. We've made it look something completely different than what the reality of it was. It wasn't polished and stained. It wasn't sanded down. But it was an old rugged cross. They didn't, they didn't smooth it out so that it wouldn't scratch your skin. No, they wanted it rugged. 
They wanted it cruel. They wanted it bloody. It was going to be one of the things, but we've taken it. We've taken it. We've sanitized it. And we've cleaned it up, uh, that old rugged tree. And I believe that we've run, sometimes we run the risk of forgetting what it took for you and I to be able to stand here in this church service today, free to lift our hands in worship, free to sing the songs that we sang, free to run the aisles if we feel like it. You can't just do that anywhere, honey, but you've come to the land of the free and the home of the brave where everything that we have was bought by blood that was sacrificed. We're free to live. We know the songs. But simply singing the song doesn't do us much good. We must remember the story behind the writing of the song. Second Timothy, Paul, he's telling Timothy, a young preacher. I don't know if his protege or not, but he followed Paul. Paul took an interest in Timothy, and Timothy had a good upbringing from his mother and his grandmother, and somebody had poured into Timothy some, some good things, and Paul was trying to instruct this, this next generation to come up to him what he needed to do in order to make it. You see, because all of us are in the process right now where we're writing the lyrics to the song that we will someday sing. Listen to me, your life today, the choices that you make today, the decisions that, 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 that develop over the course of your weeks and months and years in your life, they're writing the lyrics to your song. They're telling the story that someday will be your song. And Paul is telling Timothy, he said, my time is just about up here. Son, they're coming to get me before long, and I don't think things are looking too well. As a matter of fact, I'm fairly certain that my life is about to come to a screeching halt here on this earth. But he says, I, I've got a crown of righteousness that I'm about to get. And so, Timothy, I've always been here for you, son. You've kind of been able to follow on my coattail. You've kind of been able to come to me for advice. You've been able to watch how I handle things and how I minister. And I've been able to pour myself as much as possible into you. But that's about ready to come to an end. And he's trying to instruct this young preacher, don't you give up. Don't you, don't you give in. you got to keep on pressing on. Just because my song getting ready to be over doesn't mean that you're not still writing your song. There's a story, Timothy, that's got to be told in your songs writing there's something that you're going to have to do you can't give up you can't let the world destroy you even though I'm gone Timothy you've been singing my song but it's time to start writing your own Paul's about to be singing a song of victory as he's coming to the close of his life on earth. But there was a story behind Paul's song that bears our hearing today. <laughs> I don't know what kind of voice Paul had. 
I don't think God demands that we all are able to sing just pitch perfect, have the voice of angels. If that's the case, most of us are in trouble. Paul wasn't a complainer. Paul had problems. But you don't find him griping and moaning and groaning down in the prison cell. He's singing. You see, he's, he's already got some verses written by now. There's a chorus and a bridge and a stanza, and there's some things that have already been laid out. Paul is not new. Paul's been writing his, his song for a little while now. The words have, have been uh, being laid down to the, the music, the track. Uh, it, it's all being laid out, and Paul's not just singing somebody else's song when he's in the prison. Paul is singing from something down inside of him, something that was birthed, amen, on a road to Damascus somewhere where he thought he was so right only to find out that he was so wrong, and God took his tune and changed it a little bit. God took his story and changed it a little bit and gave him a new story just like he took my story and just like he took your story because my story was not heading to a place with a happy ending. It wouldn't have made anybody clap to it. No, there were going to be people crying at the end of my song until God came down and touched a young man's life and that young man went down to an altar and said, God, I give up. I give it all to you. Change me, Lord. You begin to write my story and turn it into my song. So you won't find Paul who was the probably wrote more of the New Testament than any other writer. I know he did. You won't find very many places where it seems like he's negative or complaining about his own things. He was usually complaining usually compelling others to live right. He was an encourager to churches. He was an encourager to kings, paupers, whoever would listen, jailers. The story, when the earthquake came and all the, all the bands were loose from his feet and everybody else in the jail doors, they all flung open. Do you know the very next thing that you read there is where the jailer looked around and he sees everything that's gone on and he's, he knows he's in trouble and he grabs his sword not to tell everybody, get back in your cell. No, he grabs his sword and he's going to take his own life when Paul stops him. Wait a second, son. This is not how your song is supposed to end. We're all still here. Nobody's going anywhere. And all of a sudden you see where God steps into a situation that looks dark and bleak. You see, Paul and Silas weren't the only ones set free that night. There was a jailer that was set free as well. It wasn't from metal chains. It wasn't from metal bands, but there was a spiritual deliverance that took place that night. An encounter. A new verse began to be written. There is a time, however, as I come to a close and our music comes today, where you hear, hear Paul tell his story. I believe it's the story behind his song. I believe it's what kept him singing at midnight.
with a bloody back, chains around his ankles, not knowing what his future held. You find him belting out his song. Because I think he thinks back to the different times when God has seen him through. He begins to write of the Jews five times received I 40 stripes save one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I've been shipwrecked. A night and a day I've been in the deep. Floating along wondering if he was going to survive or not. But his story doesn't end there. He said in journeyings often in perils of water, perils of robbers, and perils of mine own countrymen, and perils by the heathen, perils in the city, perils in the wilderness, perils in the sea, perils among false brethren. Is there any place that Paul could go that he wasn't in peril? It would seem not. Paul didn't let his circumstances dictate his relationship. In weariness and painfulness, in watchings often, in hunger and thirst, in fastings often, in cold and nakedness, besides those things that are without, that which cometh upon me daily, the care of all the churches, Here's what Paul was saying. He said, with everything else that was going on, I never neglected my God-given call to take care of the churches that he wanted me to minister to. His ministry didn't stop just because his back had been beaten. He had a job to do. His ministry didn't stop just because he found himself shipwrecked or in peril or being robbed or hungry. It didn't stop his mission was to be accomplished he never forgot there's a flag that must be held high there's a banner that cannot afford to hit the ground somebody must hold this banner high if it cost me my life if it cost me everything I'll fight the good fight I'll finish the course. There's a lot of things that will try to cause you to look at the flag. Either one. Says it worth it? Each man for himself? Or is there a greater cause? What will our story say? What will our song be? Will you stand with me today? What will you be singing when your story is told? I don't mean to this is not a morbid thought, I, but I really want to drive this home today. What, 
What will your family members speak of you? What will they say? Will they find us faithful and encouraging? Every test that we ever go through, we're riding another line that will one day be sung, sung. Another stanza. Another verse. How will we handle the blast from the adversary, the onslaught? Will the flag still matter? Will it matter more than our own life? Will the banner that we have been raised under be important and precious enough to us to keep it raised should our time come to hold it high? What will be the story behind our song? prayer today is that we somehow can leave our church better than we found it. That when my life is over that this church has a better name than it had when my life began. That it has more people that are worshiping the one true and living Savior, Jesus Christ, in it. That I never get satisfied with where we are at. I'm always, that I always have a mindset and a vision for growth. I want to leave Landmark better than I found it. I want our city to be better. I want our nation to be better. We are in the midst of writing the lyrics to our song. So as we go about our daily routines, we're getting ready to enjoy a great time of fellowship together. I just want to remind us, we have a job to do. We've been called to seek those that don't know Jesus Christ and introduce them to Him. We've been called to hold this banner. And even when the rest of the world comes on, and you look out across the horizon and you see it dotted with the, with, with, with the armament of the enemy coming against you. And, and, and the whole realm of things, it seems like we're pretty small. But let me tell you, David seemed pretty small stacked up against Goliath too. Daniel seemed pretty small and insignificant in a den of lions. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego seemed pretty small and insignificant as they marched them into a fiery furnace that should have taken their lives. But there's something that we have that the rest of the world does not have, and that is the fourth man that's in the furnace. Amen. We are not alone. We are not by ourselves. We may not be the biggest. We may not be the brightest, but we have a God who can do all things through those that are willing to serve him what's the story behind the song I'll tell you what it is that there was a man named Jesus Christ who paid a price that none of us could pay he sacrificed so that we could receive and as a recipient of his great mercy his grace and his blood and his forgiveness I choose to 
give my life as a living sacrifice back to Him wholly and completely. If you're not sold out completely, then you're already sold out but to the wrong one. He must become first. Thank you for listening to the Landmark Apostolic Church Podcast. You can follow this podcast for more great episodes from the Landmark family. If you are ever in our area, our doors are open on Sundays at 10 a.m. and Wednesday at 7 p.m. Thank you once again for listening to the Landmark Apostolic Church's podcast. God bless.